Live from our nation's capital, it's the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine. America, welcome to the Inside Scoop. I am your host, Mark Levine, reporting live, a safe social distance from Washington, D.C. The end is near. I can almost see the guy with the sandwich board walking down the street. The end is near. The end is near. You know what? The end is near. In 12 days, Americans will finish going to the polls. By the way, we already have the greatest early turnout ever in American history. But voters will finish going to the polls. All the polls will close. And then we'll see. We may have a long night. We may not know for two or three days. Hopefully there'll be a landslide victory for Joe Biden. And we will all finally get a good happy night's rest. The end is near. The end of our election season. Quite possibly, I pray, the end of Trumpism, the end of this narcissistic, corrupt, white supremacist, racist ideology that's all about looking out for yourself and not giving a damn about your fellow Americans. Nothing defines Trumpism better than the refusal to wear a mask, saying, I don't care if you die, not wanting to wear a piece of cloth across my face is more important to me than the lives of you or your family. All of you die so that I don't have to wear a mask. I've um, been debating conservatives for many, many decades, really ever since college, when my um, roommate at Harvard um, wouldn't debate me anymore, conservative, refused to debate me unless I promised to read Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. So I picked up this 1,084-page book, and I read every word. I still got it with my markings in the, uh, in the margins. And you know what? <laughs> I'm glad I did. It really made me understand the conservative philosophy. The subtext to Ayn Rand's book is the virtue of selfishness she capitalized it the virtue of selfishness if i only give a damn about myself and i don't care about my family my loved ones my community my friends my neighbor my country then according to her all will go well this was um paul ryan's favorite philosopher he actually handed out copies of atlas shrugged to all of his staff these are the moderate Republicans. I want to be clear here. This is the people who are not as far gone as Trumpism. This isn't an argument for racism or hating immigrants, all those extra additions that we've learned from Donald Trump. This is just mere basic conservative philosophy, which is, I'm fine, Jack. You go. You go. Do whatever you want to yourself. Go F yourself. I'll take care about me. You take care about you. I'm not going to give a damn for you. But if you don't give a damn for me, I'm going to whine about it. Trumpism, of course, took the basic conservative philosophy and went much further. 
right? Actively grabbing immigrants' children away from them, separating babies from their parents. We didn't do this when we put Japanese Americans in concentration camps in horrible episodes in World War II. No, separating children from their mothers. Well, they didn't go to the gas chambers, but that is something that the Nazis did, right? 545 children lost their parents because Donald Trump purposely took their parents away from them. That's still going on, folks. That's still going on. Trumpism includes paying off foreign officials with American taxpayer dollars to bribe them to rig the elections. And we know now that Russia and Iran are doing their best to rig our elections. We know that Donald Trump owes, by the way, $412 million. That's proven by the New York Times. Forbes has an article that argues that Trump actually owes more than a billion dollars, including substantial sums to foreign governments. For example, we just discovered he has a secret Chinese bank account. I don't know if you heard uh, President Obama talk about that uh, in the Nicole, Nicole Sandler clip just before this show began. We have a president who is compromised by foreign interests, devoting his country to racism and oppression, and focusing on pure corruption as much as he could steal. And that's all above and beyond the basic conservative ideology, which is we're not a community. We shouldn't be patriotic. We shouldn't give a damn about our fellow Americans. We should only care about ourselves. And if 220,000 Americans are dead, oh, well. That did not used to be what Republicans believed in. That did not used to be the basic conservative focus. I got mine, Jack. You go F yourself. That, that, that didn't used to be their ideology. It, it kind of was, as I point out, and Ronald Reagan started it, and it got worse and worse and worse and worse. But there was a time when Republicans used to respect veterans. Remember that? Used to respect the military. People like John McCain ran for office. There was a time when Republicans used to actually care about their fellow Americans. When 3,000 Americans were murdered on September 11, 2001, even though they were in liberal places like New York, Republicans got mad too. But now that we have 220,000 dead, 70, 80 times September 11th, including Republicans. I mean, COVID is spreading wild now in rural areas right? This idea that they don't give a damn about American lives. The idea that, they, oh, they're old. They're old. First of all, they're not all old. But if they are old, don't you love your parents and your grandparents and your aunts and uncles in their 70s and 80s and 90s? This is supposed to be the pro-life party. But now we learn that pro-life only counts with eggs and sperm. They love eggs. They love sperm. They love zygotes. They love one cell that comes together. But actual babies, children, humans, the elderly. When did Republicans become the party of death? We talked a little about this last week, the death cult. that is the current Republican Party. That's beyond Ayn Rand. That's Trumpism. 
Trumpism is conservative ideology taken to its logical conclusion. If you are truly selfish and you only give a damn about yourself, you don't give a damn about your community, then of course you don't care about the military. You think they're suckers. You think they're losers fighting for some cause greater than, than themselves. As Trump would say, what there is no cause greater than myself. Pure selfishness. The end is near. The Trump Act is getting cold. And I pray that in 11 days, or maybe it'll take a couple weeks to count all the votes, maybe even three weeks, we will have the end of Trumpism. But the end is near isn't necessarily about Trumpism. Because he could be reelected. The polls now are not that different. There are some significant differences we'll talk about, but they're not that different from where they were four years ago. It is not impossible that he's reelected. If you don't get out and vote, and not just you, you're pretty sophisticated, you're watching my show, your friends, your family, your uncle, your nephew, your niece, your granddaughter, she may not always vote. Maybe it's your friend's son who you happen to know isn't that into politics. He'd vote for Biden, but, you know, is he registered? It's tough. He's in college. It is your responsibility as an American to get every single person you know to vote. And if they can vote early, go ahead and get that vote in. Get it done. Nag them until they do. I'm embarrassed to say I have a cousin who I know didn't vote in 2016. This cousin was a Bernie Sanders supporter to the left of Hillary. But he didn't vote for Hillary in 2016. He was annoyed, whatever. He got Trump. He, regret, he regrets his decision not to vote. Don't be yours. The end is near. I've been waiting four years for this. I'm sure you have too. I remember two weeks after the last election, still bleary-eyed, still crying still in a daze in a shock that our country could vote for a completely incompetent narcissistic corrupt lunatic who only cared about himself now we're two weeks away from our next election day the end is near i hope it's the end of the trump presidency but it could well be if you don't make the right choice to vote the end of American democracy itself. And that's not an exaggeration. I'll explain more when we get back. Scoop, I'm your host, Mark Levine. The end is near. I, I'm I'm exhausted, aren't you? You know, when first Trump came on the political scene, I have to admit, and I'm talking now 2015 when he first ran for office, he was, all right, I confess, he was fun to watch. It was like, I don't know, watching a car wreck or watching someone do their job really badly, you know, those YouTube clips. It was like, whoa, this guy's running for president. He's descending an escalator. Really? He's a joke. And jokes are funny. 
and let's watch the funny joke. Let's watch the man. You know, it's 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 kind of like when um, Kanye West, he's currently running for president. Now, there's a difference. Kanye West, I think, has such a severe mental illness that it's actually just pathetic. It's sad. But Donald Trump was a car wreck. Everybody watched. There's a reason he got that media attention, right? Uh, he was promoted as a lie on a reality show by NBC. Surely NBC didn't know what they were doing. It was just a reality show. We all know, we should know, reality shows are fake, right? They are not real. People who think reality shows are real also believe wrestling is real. They do. We knew it was a joke. It was kind of fun to watch. He kind of got some media attention for it. Oh, look at the clown act. Look at a guy who wants to decimate all of American traditions. Wow, he attacked John McCain's service. Wow, he bragged that he grabbed women by... I hate to even be as crass as the president. By their private parts. And bragged about it. Moving on, one woman he said like a bitch going into a teenage locker rooms and looking at naked girls bragging about all of this. And we thought it was funny because it was clearly wrong and therefore amusingly wrong. Kind of like Jeffrey Tubin, right? Big, big mistake, amusingly wrong, but it's funny because it's so beyond the pale. Well, Donald Trump was funny because what he was suggesting was so un-American, so wrong, so clearly violative of basic decency and norms that it was funny, like a clown. Joe Biden, in the first debate, at one point says, you know, I can't get a word in edgewise with this clown talking, and then he apologized. Good Joe. But I was glad he said it. Donald Trump is a clown. And not just because he wears colorful hair and a colorful face and has colorful walks and gestures. He's a clown because he doesn't take anything seriously except himself, which he takes very seriously. But the act is getting old, right? I mean, if you see a really bad comedian someone who does a terrible act, you might actually even laugh at first by how bad they are, by how unfunny their jokes are. Sometimes jokes can be so unfunny, they're actually amusing. But hearing the same unfunny jokes for four years and the amusement turns to anger. So I'm happy to announce what all of you know. The end is near if you put an end to it. If you get your family members and your colleagues and your friends at work and that friend of yours on Facebook that you haven't talked to in two years, have you, you know, you know who he is, you know who she is. She never votes. She doesn't care about politics. He talks a lot, but never actually gets to the polls. You know who these people are. Call them, push them, make them vote, push them. Don't let them vote for some third party. The end is near, and I cannot wait, knocking on wood, till the night of January 20th, 
when I hope to get my first good night's sleep in four years and two months with President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, competent people in government. Not perfect people. <laughs> I'm going to continue to criticize President Joe Biden just as I did President Barack Obama when I feel that they're giving in too much. But good people, people who are trying to do the right thing, people with hearts, people with basic empathy. I, I certainly disagree with John McCain a lot, but I would never say he wasn't a good person. Donald Trump is not a good person. He's not a good person at all. He has killed more than 200,000 Americans. Oh, maybe a few thousand would have died even under the best circumstances. But 220,000? Definitely not. And he kills because he doesn't care. He doesn't even have the decency to kill because he wants to commit genocide. No, I'm not saying Donald Trump wants to murder a bunch of people. He's not trying to kill people. He just doesn't give a damn. He doesn't care. He has no idea of what the difference is between truth and a lie. It's not even that he lies all the time, and he does. I think they've now counted, is it 20,000, 30,000? I forget how many. I'll have to check that. I don't want to misstate to you how many lies the Washington Post has objectively found to be untrue. Again, these aren't um, exaggerations. These are objective lies. It might be only 20,000. I'll look it up in the break. But it said he doesn't know what truth is. He has the same kind of truth of a badly behaved two-year-old because there are, I, every time I say this, I have to point out there are much better behaved two-year-olds who don't see the world revolving around themselves. But for Donald, truth is whatever helps him and a lie is whatever harms him. That's his definition. And when a two-year-old reaches the grand old age of three, Maybe then they start to understand, oh, I can't grab the toy away from my sister because she wants it too. It's not all about me. There's a world outside of my own perceptions. She exists too. She's a human being. Maybe I should let her play with it. It's called empathy. It's a basic human emotion. Most of us figure it out by the time we're three or so. And if Trumpism doesn't end, well, then it's petrifying. Then American democracy could well end. They've already violated all the norms by putting Amy Coney Barrett on the court, by giving Donald Trump, by sheer cheating, give him three justice picks in four years, whereas Obama had only two picks in eight years. No president in a hundred, more than a century has had three justice picks in his first four-year term. They break the rules with the judges. They break the rules with the Senate. They break the rules with the laws. They break the rules by overturning the laws. At the end of the day, if we are to have any rules and any faith in democracy itself, Donald Trump has to go. When we come back, I want to play a clip between Donald Trump and Leslie Stahl before he walked out of the 60 Minutes interview to show really how little he cares about you, the American people. Back after this.
He's a Fulbright scholar and he speaks French, but he couldn't tell you who won the Super Bowl. It's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. Welcome back to Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. The end is near, either the end of Trumpism or the end of American democracy. It could also be the end of the Affordable Care Act, whether or not Trump wins the election because they're pushing through Amy Coney Barrett in violation of Senate president, in violation of American president, um, just as refusing to let Merrick Garland on violated 240 years. In other words, all of American history. This president also violates all of American history. It's all about putting your thumb on the scales, all about rigging the system. So why does Donald Trump want Amy Coney Barrett on there so quickly? Well, he said why. One, he doesn't want, he wants her to rule in, in voting context. He doesn't want the American people to decide the president or even the Electoral College to decide the president. But what if he loses? Then he's going to want to sue and take it to the Supreme Court. And apparently he doesn't trust very conservative Chief Justice John Roberts to always favor Trump. Because let's face it, there are conservatives that put the country ahead of Donald Trump. People like the good folks who made the Lincoln Project. So he needs a, a fifth justice on there. And if you ever have doubted that that justice may make a difference, all you have to do is look at the recent Pennsylvania case, where the Pennsylvania Supreme Court held that if people vote and the vote gets there by election day or is likely to have been done by election day, it will be counted. Well, four justices on the Supreme Court said no. Throw away the votes. We've got to discard votes. If people vote, Democrats win. Four, three liberals and John Roberts said, nope, you know what? I think we should count the votes if they arrive in a reasonable time and it looks like they were postmarked by election day. We should count them. Pretty good. Four, four. Pennsylvania Supreme Court slid through. But if Amy Coney Barrett were there or Trump's belief is that she'll just say, I don't care whatever helps Donald Trump, boom. That's what she'll do. And of course, soon after the election comes the oral argument on whether or not to junk the entire Affordable Care Act. I don't think I have to remind you how much work it took to get the Affordable Care Act. Harry Truman tried to help Americans get universal health care in the 1940s, did not succeed. Around that same time as when uh, England, Great Britain, the universe, United Kingdom and, and Canada and France and all of them got their health care systems in place. Again, our neighbors to the north, Canada did it way back. Did not succeed in the 50s. Hillary Clinton tried like heck as first lady in the 1990s. Hillary Care, remember, did not succeed. The only reason Obamacare succeeded, the Affordable Care Act, is because for a brief shining moment in between um, Al Franken's late entry into the Senate and Ted Kennedy's death, there were about six weeks when Democrats had 60 getting over a filibuster, managed to get the Affordable Care Act. Remember, it's a supermajority. It's not a majority. It's a supermajority. Agreed on it. And the Supreme Court said, ah, we don't care what the American people and the representatives think. We are the dictators. We will do whatever we want. We don't even have to have a, a coherent theory to take away your health care. And Donald Trump has made it clear he wants to take away your health care. 
He doesn't care if you die. We know that. I mean, he's the king of the super spreader events. He's going around with his COVID to rallies and spreading them, just like he's the hats he throws out in Minnesota full of COVID. He said he doesn't care about the people. But now he's come up with this ludicrous idea that he wants to kill Obamacare, but still maintain pre-existing conditions. And he said back in 16, well, and in 17, and in 18, and in 19, and in 2020, he's got a healthcare plan that's coming out any day now. Any day now, he said four years ago, and three years ago, and two years ago, and one year ago. Any day now. We'll guarantee your pre-existing conditions, but we'll kill Obamacare, which guarantees pre-existing conditions. Now, obviously, there is no such plan, and anyone who believes there is such a plan is an idiot. So when Leslie Stahl of 60 Minutes asked him repeatedly, um, where's that plan? How does it work? What does it do? Donald Trump did what he always does. Oh, sh you know, there's a plan. Of course there is. Don't dare suggest there isn't. I'm not going to tell you how it does it because it just does it. And you're supposed to believe me because don't you know whatever I say is true? Leslie Stahl, it was not her first time around the block. She continued to ask him, how? How does it work? When's the plan coming out? until Donald Trump got so angry he left the interview. Now, we're going to be able to watch this on CBS this Sunday. I'm certainly going to watch. But Donald Trump wanted to make sure he got his view out there before we all watch 60 Minutes on Sunday. So he decided, based on his own film in, in the White House, he was going to put out his own tape, where he looks really upset and really petulant that folks are daring to ask him questions. I want you to hear some of this exchange between Donald Trump and Leslie Stahl. Um, you promised that there was going to be a new health package, health care plan. Yeah. Um, you said that it was going to be great. You said it's ready. It's going to be it ready. Be. It's all ready. It'll be here in two weeks. It's going to be like nothing you've ever seen before. And of course, we haven't seen it. So why? Didn't you develop the help? It is developed. It is fully developed. It's going to be announced very soon when we see what happens with Obamacare, which is not good. And when we see what happens with Obamacare. Stop right there. He's going to show us his plan when we see what happens with Obamacare. We're going to consider building a new net underneath the trapeze artist after they start falling. While they're up there on the wire, we're not going to build a net. But if they should start to fall, then we'll see what happens. We'll see how many die. And then we'll consider a net. I don't know whether Amy Coney Barrett's going to strike down the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare or not. She said she would. She considered Chief Justice Roberts. She excoriated the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court for actually arguing that the people through their elected representatives should be able to elect health care policy. Naughty boy, how dare you let American democracy work? But listen to how angry he is that Leslie Stahl is saying to him, where's your plan? Kind of reminds me of how angry he was when he said that he had sent investigators to Hawaii and they had proof that Barack Obama was born in Kenya, and those investigators have it. And what were their names? Oh, I'm not going to tell you. And when's the report coming out? I, it, it will come out. Donald Trump, let's face it, thinks you are really idiots. He thinks all his supporters are morons. He's, 
kind of person that would say, oh yeah, no, no, it's 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 coming to I'm I'm paying you tomorrow, and then tomorrow I'm paying you the next day, and then the next day I'm paying you the next day. And think you're gonna believe him for four years when he says, I'm paying you tomorrow, your money back. How dumb does he think you are? He thinks you're a colossal idiot. Listen to him tell Leslie Stahl, oh, oh, we'll have protections for people with pre-existing conditions. And she says, how? How are you going to do it? When's your plan coming out? And he just gets angry at such simple questions. How and when? But if the Supreme Court... And it will be much less expensive than Obamacare, which is a disaster. And it will take care of people with pre-existing conditions. And it will have puppies and rainbows for everyone. But your plan was to repeal and replace. And if the Supreme Court finishes Obamacare, there will be all these people stranded. No, there there's no we will make a deal and we will have a great health care plan but you keep with saying that. less expensive, uh, less expensive and a much better plan. Why haven't you seen it? Uh, you have seen it. I've been putting out pieces all over the place and we actually have plans and we have 180 million people right now have a plan and you haven't been watching. You haven't been watching. Uh, Donald, there's 330 million Americans. So the fact that 180 million actually have health care is really not answering the question. But what about the pre-existing people with pre-existing conditions? If the Supreme are protected, will be totally protected. How? They'll be protected, How? Leslie. I mean, the people with pre-existing conditions are going to be How? protected. As, she, I think she said how about eight times. As they are now. How? In any plan we do, the they will be protected. Leslie, people with pre-existing conditions will be always protected. Always. But if, if the Supreme Court ends this, with Obamacare. Um, we'll have to see what happens. It's got a ways to go. I mean, we'll see what happens. I think, I think it'll end. Uh, I think, I, I hope that they end it. <laughs> I hope they end it. I hope they end it. I hope they knock that trapeze artist off the wire. And then, then we'll see about Annette. Oh, Annette will be coming. It'll, I, I'm not, I don't have it ready yet. It'll be coming. Kill the person on the wire. And then we'll look at it. We'll be right back after this. He's a Harvard economist and a Yale lawyer. He does not keep up with the Kardashians. He's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. It's hard to believe that you and I are going to meet just one more time until Election Day. One more show. And then two weeks from today, I hope we will have a new president-elect and I can finally start to sleep at night. I don't know if we'll know two weeks from today, Thursday, the uh, first Thursday in November. But I do know that the end is near. Time is running out. At the moment, I'm excited. I'm petrified, but I'm excited. Because I'm... I think we've got this one. But to be fair and completely honest, I thought we had it four years ago, too. Someone who's pulling out all stops, as he should, 
for his former vice president is President Obama. Good to see him on the campaign trail again. It's good to see him talk openly and honestly and directly about the failures of the current president, including on the issue that is most important to the American people right now, the pandemic that has killed 220,000 Americans and is likely to kill at least 100,000 more by the end of this guy's, this current president's term. Let me play for you what President Obama had to say about Trump and COVID. I get that this president wants full credit for the economy he inherited and zero blame for the pandemic that he ignored. But you know what? The job doesn't work that way. Tweeting at the television doesn't fix things. Making stuff up doesn't make people's lives better. You've got to have a plan. You've got to put in the work. We literally left this White House a pandemic playbook that would have shown them how to respond before the virus reached our shores. We don't know where that playbook went. Eight months into this pandemic, cases are rising again across this country. Donald Trump isn't suddenly gonna protect all of us. He can't even take the basic steps to protect himself. Just last night, he complained up in Erie that the pandemic made him go back to work. If he'd actually been working the whole time, it never would have gotten this bad. Pretty strong words. I hope you're listening. I hope your friends are listening. Our concern this year is not so much that any of you listening to my voice will vote for Donald Trump. It's that you may not vote at all. This may be the most important vote you've ever cast. I know we say that year after year. But has America ever so much teetered on the edge of destruction? Maybe, maybe the Hoover Roosevelt vote in 1932, 90 years ago, 88 years ago, maybe that was as big a vote. Or maybe we have to go back to the election of 1860, right before the Civil War, they elected Abraham Lincoln. It is that momentous. It is our future. As President Obama points out, Trump is not exactly keeping Americans safe. Joe knows that the first job of a president is to keep us safe from all threats foreign, domestic, or microscopic, when the daily intelligence briefings flash warning signs about a virus. A president can't ignore him, he can't be AWOL. Just like when Russia puts bounties on the heads of our soldiers in Afghanistan, the commander-in-chief can't be missing in action. And then President Obama mentioned um, <laughs> Trump's bank account, his secret bank account. The one in China, the one that if uh, Obama, it happened to Obama, will be all over Fox News. You, you know they're making a huge deal over what they think Donald, uh, Joe Biden's son did or didn't do. It's really a crazy idea that he apparently turned his laptop into a store that stole his data illegally, which they can't do because that's a crime, and then turned it over when there's no evidence that it was hunters and the FBI is investigating that Russia put it there. And who takes their computer to a store and leaves it overnight with their data anymore? Don't we do backups now? Anyway, um, uh, with Trump trying to push that, as Obama points out, he's got a secret Chinese bank account. Remember he's saying, oh, Biden works too closely with China. 
Let's listen to what President Obama said about Trump's bank account. We know that he continues to do business with China because he's got a secret Chinese bank account. Can you imagine if I had had a secret Chinese bank account? You think Fox News might have been a little concerned about that? They would have called me Beijing Barry. It is not a great idea to have a president who owes a bunch of money to people overseas. Of the taxes Donald Trump pays, he may be sending more to foreign governments than he pays in the United States. Actually, the evidence is that he has sent some 1,000 times as much to foreign governments as he has to the United States. But we don't have a president who's patriotic to the United States. I know he hugs those flags. It's, it's amazing that I would challenge a president's patriotism. I mean, the president of the United States, more loyal to a foreign government than to the United States. And yet the evidence is overwhelming. Whether it's the uh, giving Putin our secret data to doing whatever Putin wants or Saudi Arabia or Kim Jong-un of, of North Korea, for that matter. Donald Trump only cares about Donald Trump. That's who he is. That's who he's always been. Briefly, I'm going to go to Old Faithful, Michael uh, from the Bronx. Go ahead, Michael. Try to bring him on the air. I think he wants to talk about... Hello, the- can you hear me? Yes, I hear you now. Go ahead, Michael. Okay. Oh, great, great. Yeah, one um, issue I hope is brought up tonight is what happened with Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. I know Kristen Welker is going to do a fantastic job, and I will hope she hammers home because of Trump's rhetoric how this woman was nearly kidnapped and killed by a bunch of right-wingers that are clearly Trump supporters reacting to his tweets. So he should be made to answer for his rhetoric, and it also involves um, Vice President Biden, who I hope to call President-elect Biden, when he simplified a very important summary in two words, words matter. So it should focus on the rhetoric of a president and compare and contrast between Trump and his dangerous rhetoric and what it has caused the American people's safety and cost a lot of lives, too. Compare that to Biden and how he has handled himself. It was more, sounds more presidential than Trump. Tell Good me point, Michael. I, I appreciate you bringing it up. Um, we do have the debate tonight. It is the last debate. It is the last and final opportunity between Trump and Biden. And as uh, Michael points out, uh, when there was a terrorist plot against the governor of Michigan to overthrow the state government, we haven't heard of a coup against the state government really since at least the Civil War, if not before. Instead of taking that really seriously the way most presidents, all presidents would, no matter what the party of the governor, and say, you know, we're going to disrupt any plot to overturn a state of the United States? Seems pretty basic, pretty patriotic. Donald Trump is instead attacking Gretchen Whitner because she called him out for causing all the COVID deaths in Michigan. We do need a real president, Michael. You're right. A president who puts the country first who puts the American people first. Tonight is the last debate. I'll be watching. I hope you'll be watching too. 
It's going to be a long time. By the time I'm back next week to talk about the debate, I'm sure a bunch of other things will happen between now and then. But the debate is the last chance. They're actually using a mute button, which Donald Trump complained about, to make sure that at least during the two minutes uninterrupted for each person, there are no interruptions. And then come six minutes and there's going to be God knows what. You know, Trump is getting old. What was once funny is no longer funny. What was once novel is no longer novel. It is true that like a train wreck or a car wreck, you got to turn on your TV or your tweet Twitter device every hour to find out what the news is, right? Well, first, there's the first lady saying F blank blank K Christmas, and then Donald Trump gets COVID, and then he walks out of a 60-minute interview, and there's bounties on American troops, and it, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. With Joe Biden, you know what? It may well be boring. It may well be the competent government bringing us back out of the depths of the COVID depression and getting our country back to work and saving lives and protecting communities of color and all vulnerable communities in the United States and protecting American democracy. It may be boring. When your car runs smoothly, you hardly even notice. It's when your car is a wreck, that's when you know it's in danger. Well, the wheels are off and the car is on fire. The end is near. Time to get a new car. Mark Levine signing off.